Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us again on another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Got a somber pod to get into. LSU dropped its second straight baseball series. This one, inexplicably, I would say, against Mississippi State. Uh, won the midweek game, so we did finish 2-2 two and two on the week. But we did drop in the polls. We got that to go over. Uh, we had some recruiting news, basketball and football. And uh, a couple of that before we do. I want to check in with the co-host. Hope, uh, hope y'all showed your mom some love and uh, had a good weekend, good week, you know, LSU baseball aside. Uh, yeah, good to be with you again. Um, other Aside from the, uh, like you said, very disappointing performance on the diamond, uh, mm-hmm. another good, you know, good weekend in the books and just uh, started, I was actually this weekend, I was on the road a little bit and I uh, got into a little bit of um, some college football content listening to some podcasts and stuff getting excited about the new season so maybe and after and then after the baseball performance you know maybe i'm ready for it to get here a little quicker than than normal so <laughs> um, daniel how about you yeah doing well happy belated mother's day to the uh the tiger mothers listening out there if there are any um there are many but, there are many daniel yes. i've looked at the analytics I had to check on the stats of our podcast but yeah doing doing fine um unfortunately the the what I watched Saturday and Sunday baseball, the two that we lost and uh, missed Friday when we actually won. I feel like that's always how it goes. Uh, but on the whole, doing well. Uh, nice to to be with you all as we get into the really the the dog days of summer here as we're winding down the baseball season. And then soon it's going to be just about nothing for two months, which I'm not exactly excited about. But like you said, Tommy, that does mention that we're closer to that sweet fall football. Yeah. And for now, we're... Uh... We're winding down this LSU baseball season, and I think we all had such high hopes. I think even in the last pod, I'd made some remark about, yeah, we're probably a top eight. I mean, there's unless we completely implode, which I don't see happening. But I, I don't know. <laughs> like, we just lost two straight series. Now, to put it in perspective, Auburn has been on a tear. They just swept Ole Miss. They took two out of three from us. They took two out of three from South Carolina. So... I think they're just getting hot at the right time, kind of like a couple other teams. Uh, Tennessee's kind of turned things around. Um, Arkansas is moving past us. It's like whenever we lose, like they're still winning. So um, some teams are like maintaining hitting hot at the right time. Uh, LSU, man, uh, we got one more home series this weekend. Or excuse me, we have one more series on the road to Georgia this upcoming weekend. And after that, it's ACC. So Hopefully we can take the series and not fall any further because if we do, I think we kind of run the risk, you know, especially depending on what we do in the conference tournament, we run the risk of falling out of that top eight. So we could actually be traveling uh, for like a super regional, which would have been unheard of even like three, four weeks ago. But to get into it, um, unless you started off, they took care of Northwestern State, run ruled them, right, 14 to four. And then came the weekend, and uh, they took care of Mississippi State on Friday. Run ruled them, too, 12-1, to 1, uh, courtesy of a Tommy White walk-off home run. They won 12-1. to 1. Now, the next two games, well, I'll just put it like this. LSU had them, right? They had the first game. They're up 4-2 to two until the top of the eighth when Mississippi State just exploded 
for six runs and they winning, they ended up winning nine to four. And then yesterday it was just, uh, I don't know that, that was a collapse. They were about to run rule Mississippi state. It looked like, uh, then, uh, you know, they slowly came back. Um, you can put it all in the bullpen, probably a couple other things, but anyway, not, I don't know. I think everyone was about as shocked. I don't know if Mississippi state was, but they, they really didn't care. It's like, yeah, they run rule this Friday, but that was Paul Skeens. And they just figured, well, as long as we stay in it and go through their pitchers, we probably have a chance. And they did. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'll, I'll give my thoughts in a second. I just want to hear what you guys think. Cause I don't know where I, we or where I, I, I felt pretty confident that we would probably host a regional and a super regional. Um, now I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys think we are like trending down or is it uh, just a long season? And I don't know, just kind of like, uh, you know, the two weekends before where it was just uh, the right collection of things and LSU just did not put up its best, best two games, best two, you know, three out of three games, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it's definitely, um, I, we're in a slump in the past two weeks. I think it's been, you know, pretty, pretty close, uh, or pretty, pretty evident that we've been in a slump, especially on the pitching side. Um, it's been a, it's been a struggle. It's been something we talked about since, since the first week and something that, you know, I think it, it was a, uh, when we play our best ball, it's still our weakness. When we play our worst ball, it's what costs us games. And um, it was clearly what cost us this series. It's what, you know, pr- kind of what cost us the Auburn series. Um, I think it was a little bit more evident this uh, this series. I mean, when I looked at that second game, when, when Ty Floyd goes six innings with uh, five hits and one earned run, and you're putting up, yeah, you know, you put up for, I mean, you should be, you should be good, uh, especially with, with our offense. Um, and for them to, to, for our pitchers to come in and our relief pitchers to come in and, and give up so many runs, it's just, that's killer. Um, I think that, uh, well, I don't know. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say on that second game on Saturday, like you said, Floyd went six innings or a one, one run. So quality start from him. And then Ackenhausen after that pitched one inning and allowed one run. So I brought it four to two, but then the eighth inning came up and the TV shows Thatcher heard on the mound warming up. And I turned to yeah. my girlfriend. I'm like, this is not going to go well because <laughs> the, the Thatcher heard experiment. I don't know what to, what to call this, but, and then, couldn't find the strike zone. They were blowing him up and then you just watch the game crumble and it's just so deflating. Like you have it in your hands and then the, to see basically the same thing happen again on Sunday as we have a 13 to four lead. I mean, like you said, Scott, we're about to run rule them like we did on Friday uh, yeah. on the back of Paul Skeens. And then all of a sudden just, it goes from zero to a hundred. Uh, our relief pitchers are just all over the place there there were some pretty questionable decisions I would say by Jay Johnson made in that game on Sunday, like Blake money threw, uh, he had four outs, one run, but at least he's throwing strikes for the most part. And they put in Christian little, who's arguably our other most inconsistent pitcher. And then yeah. he gets lit up. Uh, 
only records one out and four runs come across the plate. So, and I mean, you still got a four run lead at that point, but it's just like, what, what are we doing here? We get we have, freshman Gavin Gidry gets lit up. Mm-hmm. We use Which, nine I mean, you pitchers. You can't nine fall too bad for game. that, but yeah. It, it's, well, it's, 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 I think that, I think the main thing is that we're, um, or maybe maybe the thing you can take away from it as a positive or as a as a consolation, it's like on average when we you know I think these are I think these past two series is, have been the low point, and on average where we've been able to consistently win with this type of ball that we play, and you know we we've been able to overcome having a very weak bullpen. Um, basically just by outscoring everyone. Can you do that? And, and can you do that long-term? Can you do that you know, sustainably? Well, we've been able to do it. So is it possible? To, you know, I don't think this is like necessarily a death nail, like kind of like what you preface Scott and start, but um, it does, it does. I think it does call into question. Definitely at least a super regional hosting that. I, I don't know. It's, the, it's yeah. the wrong time to be having these issues. At least you can say, I know it's like like you said. Uh, I think it was you, Tommy. It's it, this was probably here the whole time. It just it didn't we didn't notice because I don't know. Uh, you know, as the season goes on, people get better. Our our guys didn't, so uh, it was hidden by run rule. I think we had like fourteen run rule games this year. Probably most, if not most, top of the list in the country. Um, the issue is is like there doesn't seem to be any improvement Daniel I think you mentioned at least Blake money was throwing strikes like there was guys like what was it heard like he had five runs and five hits it's like we, we're just we're still like they I think they balked in a run this weekend too uh it's like some of these younger guys I, I don't know I I don't know if I could point the finger at Jay John you could point the finger at Jay Johnson for some of his personnel decisions or at least the timing of them but like I don't think we've really talked about Wes Johnson since we found out that we were going to get him. Like we were excited. Oh my God, this guy is supposed to be one of the best pitching coaches in the country. Arguably mm. the best. Yeah. Like we got him from the, the twins. Um, and he was trending on Twitter this weekend. I'm like, is that, is that our Wes Johnson? Sure enough. It was, I mean, it's, you know, it's just a bunch of fans on there chiming in, but yeah, the boards hate that guy. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's just interesting that you're, you're pitching like, uh, pitching coaches don't really don't usually trend on Twitter, but but he was, and I, I think there is some some valid criticism there, or at least just some questioning, like what is going on? Because no, none of the issues seem to be corrected. No one seems to be improving. Like you said that you heard, Daniel. I I still don't know what to make of that. You would think, all right, if he's still having those issues, just don't play him. Don't put him in a position where he can lose the well. You know. It, you think up 13-4, it would be okay to put him in, but I, I don't know. It's not, but we have guys hurt. We're, we're losing guys as the season goes on. But also, it's like, what is what is different? What has improved? I, I haven't seen any improvement. I remember Blake Money was our starter like two years ago, and now, yeah. just last year. Now it's like he, you know, you barely see him, and I don't know. It's hit or miss. Riley Cooper came in, shut somebody down one game, the next game, you know, he's, he's going in for like a half inning. So I, I don't know. It's just, uh, just kind of odd. I don't know what to make of it. 
But I, I think Wes Johnson, I think someone needs to, I don't know. T and J Johnson are just not on the same page. It seems, I don't know. Maybe it's calls. Don't the, don't the pitching coaches, if they actually call the, the, the pitch that, I mean, is, do you think that's prevalent? Like would that, would it be, would it be that? I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily, I don't think that's, I don't think that's making, you know, the difference. I think, it, right. I think we just don't, we just don't have very good, a very good bullpen. And Scott, like I, I know you said like, we kind of, I don't know if, I don't think we missed it. I think we've been talking about this as, as the weakness. It's just how weak, how much of a weakness is there? How much of a weakness do we actually have? And on our best days, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like on our best days, we're able to, to 10 run rule them before we even get to a need for a bullpen. And I think it's still possible for us to play that way. We've, we've shown we can play against some of the, some of the best competition in the whole country that way. So it's not like a, um, it's not that suddenly our, our pitching is just terrible and it, and there's no way we can, we can play. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we're necessarily getting worse. I just think that uh, we're have we're, we're having more, I mean, it's, it, baseball, is a, it's a game. It's like, you know, that's the reason they play 162 games in the majors. Like over time, you know, theoretically you, you're the true team, kind of shows out and mm-hmm. we're playing our, our worst ball, especially on the, you know, on the pitching side, we're playing our worst ball in the past two weeks. But if you look at the season as a whole, we've been consistently the number one, number two, maybe number three team in the whole nation. Um, I'm, it's weird. Like I'm, I'm definitely not happy about the, the, um, the way it's gone this, you know, these past two weeks and, I, th- I to- Daniel, I totally agree with you about like Thatcher Hurd and and Christian Little is also you know very disappointing. But I w- I will say you know it's like I don't know if Vanderbilt lets uh lets one of their best pitchers go like he you know we got him. I don't know if if he if he was dominant like you know maybe we hoped he would be. I don't know if Vanderbilt would have even let him go. So mm-hmm. it's that's disappointing. Um, the Thatcher Hurd thing is. I was I was really excited about him when he signed. Um, I thought he would, I thought he would be you know a kind of plug and play. Uh, obviously, I got I got that wrong. I, I flipped it and and missed on Skeens. I thought Skeens was going to be the one where it's like, oh okay, I hope he's good. Um, right? <laughs> he is. He, yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's okay. Um, but. Uh, there's still like I, I saw a tw- I, I saw a tweet uh, earlier today. Like there's you know if we can we can win the SEC this week. Yeah, um, I, I was going to mention that because the top four teams get a buy in the SEC tournament, which can be valuable because you're automatically into the double elimination part of it, which has bit us in the, in the past. But uh, yeah, we just need to hopefully win the series at Georgia, and then we're I think we're guaranteed a top four spot. And if we sweep and other people fall then yeah number one seed is could be in the cards uh and it would be really nice to see that little turnaround and, and jump start the postseason with the series at georgia and as far as like the national discussion um i don't think number one overall seed is on the table anymore vander or not vanderbilt wake forest probably has that locked up but yeah we're still fighting for the top eight and if we win this series i think that's pretty much secured but if we go one and two, then we might be right on the border. We, we've dropped to number five overall in the mm-hmm. D1 baseball rankings. 
as of this week. So the the slide continues and and other people are heating up. Like you said, Arkansas and and Florida, two of the the top teams as well. So uh, there's positives. I mean, our our hitting didn't let us down too much. We only put up four runs in that second game. But other than that, we scored plenty. Tommy White was crushing the ball. Uh, Dylan Cruz had had a little bit of a slump for him. He was striking out left and right, but he finally found the the baseball on Sunday. And I think he recorded three hits. Uh, so that's good to see as well. And Trey Morgan played well. He saved a few runs in the field. He had some crazy like diving catches in left field. Um, although he's known for his first baseman uh, skills defensively, but he's proven he can play all over. So uh, it's awesome to see. And yeah, we have, we have the talent to compete with anyone in the country. We just have to put it all together and uh, make sure we lock down Friday with skeins and then do our best to pick up one of the other two. Well, and, and yeah. you know, I mean, you, you said it and, and I, I told, we totally mentioned this to, or um, missed, you know, mentioning this early on, but like, this is clearly your worst series when the best player in the whole country, uh, at least offensively, Dylan Cruz goes over the guy who has not gone over in, in like a year mm-hmm. and who's batting like 500, you know, it, that's, you're, you're definitely at a low point when, and, and that happens. So, you know, hopefully we can bounce back and, and take maybe, well, I don't want to say we, I don't want to say sweep again, because I think I said, I think I said, well, I want to sweep against Oliver and we know how that ended up, but um, hopefully we can go and, and really dominate it in Athens this weekend. Yeah. And I, I think it would behoove them to do that just to kind of get some, something back, you know, they were riding being the number one team in the country and, and backing it up almost the whole season. It's only like the last few weeks where we've started to take our foot off the gas, but you would think it's kind of like Friday night. Uh, like we didn't even get to see a second pitcher, right? It was only skeins. And then we kind of walked it off in the seventh. And there was no, like, no one's going to come back against Paul Skeens for that many runs. Um, But for whatever reason, Saturday, you know, Saturday they could. It was was a little bit closer. Sunday, though, like 13 to 4, I don't know. You would think that would be enough. Like, I think I said a few weeks ago, there's, we were pretty, pretty confident in saying that we could take two out of three out of anyone in the country if we're playing our best. Now I don't know. I know we can take one out of three, right? Game one or whichever game Paul Skeens is pitching. But after that, it's, it's a, like, it's a, it's a 50, 50, right? I think it's, it's 50, it's a coin flip now, whether or not our pitching staff can hold the game. I would say, yeah, if we score 13 runs, we should be fine. But it's like, even in that game, it was what five to one, the Mississippi state came back. It was five to three. I'm like, I don't know. I hope, Oh, please don't tell me we're about to drop this game. Then they scored all those runs. We're up 13 to four. And I'm like, okay, I think we're okay now. <laughs> but no, that, that, that wasn't the case. And what's so, what makes it hard for me to, I mean, you can't really explain it. Like they were the second to worst uh, team in, at least in our division, maybe the ACC, they're eight and 17 in conference play, eight and 17. And they're going to take two out of three from us. I, I don't know. It's um, maybe we just need to get at past the end of the season and, these guys can get back to what they had earlier in the year. Some of this pitching, I don't know, maybe it's just the timing of who goes when, but at this point they've got plenty of scouting notes on all our pitching. So, you know, aside from skeins, uh, you know, maybe they just, they just know our guys and they see, all right, well, yeah, uh, 
look at what they did here against Auburn. These guys took him not to come out of the yard three times. All right. I don't know. Scouting reports help, but uh, our pitching staff yeah, is just. I think it really does show the, the, um, the injuries. I mean, to like Chase Shores is somebody who I'm, um, you know, gosh, I'd kill and, and Garrett Edwards. Like Edwards, yeah. they would be greatly appreciated right now. And Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I don't think, I don't think last time we kind of ch- checked in on him, like Jay Johnson had not made like a full on, like they're out for the season statement, but I mean, I don't think they're coming back. And that's, that's something that's very, you know, that we greatly need them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the issue like, with that is that you don't really have anybody else kind of stepping up to the plate and, and filling that in. I mean, you've got plenty of, of candidates. Oh, well, you've you got a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got warm bodies, but no, no one, no one is, is, uh, you know, close. I mean, Riley Cooper, he's, he's decent. Um, don't you think though, that like we talked about last year about, uh, we'd made a joke about, you know what? I think, cause what well, it was Malazzo's batting average was like in the hundreds. Like, you know, what? I think one of us could probably go out there and bat a hundred. Yeah. You know, at, least, at least in the midweek games, don't you feel like you could go out there and last longer than like three pitches? Oh, I mean, I, I, could, go like out th- I could go up there and get out, give up eight runs. I think get an I out? Can, we, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get an out? That's Can all I get we an need. Out? Yeah. Mm, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I think I could just because I'm, I'm in tall. SEC play. Yes. Just because I'm tall, my fastball will probably look like a changeup and somebody will pop out. You could throw the ethos. You go up there and you, you throw it, you throw it like 55 miles an hour and, and they don't know what to do. Right. Or just learn how to throw a knuckleball really well. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need. We need like a knuckleballer or something at yeah. this point so, or, or a, some guy who throws like a submarine. We need to just go get, get gimmicky. I thought Speaking we of weird have a sidewinder. We do have a sideline pitcher, right? Speaking of weird pitching, did y'all see the Mississippi State pitcher on Sunday throwing the ambidextrous guy? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what happened? I thought like, so. The starter they threw the Mississippi State threw on you say it was sun Sunday, it was right? Sunday. Neil? It was Sunday. Yeah, it was the last game. He was ambidextrous, and he had a glove with like two. You know, he could like move his hand around. He, oh, yeah, really? he threw through both pitches. Like whenever it was a lefty would come up to bat, he would throw lefty. If it was a righty, he would throw righty. Yeah. He was like switching batter to batter. Oh wow. I'd never but seen did, that before. And um and, Well, they did I'd seen it in minor league ball. And but but then what happened, they had to create a whole new rule about it because there was an ambidextrous pitcher and then there was a switch hitter. And so every time like the guy would the guy would step in the box, he would be like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit left handed the guy would move his, would take his glove off and put it on his right hand. Well, then the guy would step out and he would switch over to the side, to the, to the other side. And so like they, I don't know, they went back and forth. And I think they had to create a rule of like, okay, when the batter steps in, he, that, that he's decided like what his, what he's going to hit. So if he steps in as, as a righty for the first, like his first pitch, like he's a, he's going to be hitting his right-hander or something like that. But, um, yeah, I didn't. I, I was listening to the radio when when that first inning came up, and they they described how this guy was going to be ambidextrous. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that was. I didn't even know there was a, a guy in the SEC like that. Mm-hmm. Was his name Tapper? No, it was something yeah. really hard to pronounce. Oh, okay, because I remember I remember seeing like Tapper, even though LSU had got to him and got a bunch of runs, like they'd left him in. He pitched for a while. 
think it was like five innings. I don't know if that was game two or three. I thought it was three, but yeah, man, it's uh, like, they just didn't quit. They just, they, they, they knew, you know, if we just keep getting hits, they don't have anybody. There's nobody to stop us. Um, but, uh, you know, as we said, now we're fifth. Uh, we still have a chance to get a first run by in the SEC tournament, maybe a top eight national seed. That would be great. Um, we'll see if we can, right? Agreed. Uh, Last chance to pad the resume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just really shocking. Um, moving forward, I guess we could cover some some recruiting. Real quick on uh, on basketball. Uh, they did get a commitment from Devin Pryor out of Houston. He's a small forward, as like six seven. He's a three star. Matt McMahon's doing his doing his thing. I know he need he needs players too. He's getting them, uh, so that's good. I don't have anything to say other than that. Just wanted to say we got a commit, which is great. at this point that's a win. That's a win Some, for LSU basketball. Somebody is better than nobody. <laughs> yep. True. True. Uh, but there was another announcement uh, with, with basketball. They, they announced the, uh, the LSU is going to be playing in the Charleston Classic. I think it's right before Thanksgiving. It's like November 16th, 17th. It's like three or four days in that, in that, uh, that week. Um, going to be against a bunch of teams, some great, some not. Uh, I think Houston, Wake Forest, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, smaller teams after that. But something. So we have that to look forward to to start the season this this upcoming year. Whoever, whoever he gets to fill out and put on jerseys, uh, they'll be playing in that. Um, I don't know. These preseason tournaments, I don't know if you can make anything of them really, but it's Tigers did pretty well last time they were in Charleston Classic. I think they went three and one. Uh, At least it's not like last year when they were playing like the Cayman Islands Classic in the high school gym that you couldn't even watch because it was like so obscure. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they just don't have big stadiums in these in these countries. Well, not the Caymans. Uh, plenty of offshore banks, though. Um, maybe they'll need to put it together and put a big stadium down there. Um, moving on, uh, there was also recruits. Well, he wasn't committed, but he's looking. He's looking really hard. Uh, Logan Diggs from Notre Dame. Uh, he's actually from what is Butte. He went to he went to Rummel, yeah. He went to Rummel, um, yeah. and uh, played played was a senior in twenty nineteen. Is that right, Daniel? No, he would have that's been when he went. 20, oh, twenty twenty. You're right. Yeah, he yeah. was a senior in twenty twenty. Um, we watched me both me and you were there, right, Daniel? We watched him play against Catholic High. Indeed. Um, and not. To be honest, he was he was the best player on the field for for my money in that game. Um, goes and went on and and really fought to be the the feature back for Notre Dame for the past two years. Um, and the thinking the, the rumor was when he when Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to come to LSU, he was going to um, come you know come with him because I think Kelly really liked him as a as a as a back, but. Um, he had a really good opportunity at Notre Dame to, to kind of be the, like I said, be the feature back. And, um, although I, I, the, with the decision of him to come to be, you know, enter the transfer portal, I think it is pretty much, um, I'm not going to say set in stone, but he's, he's got, there's a very good chance that he's gonna be playing for LSU next year. 
And I would, in my, my mind, he'd be the number one running back on the roster day one when he signed, when he signs. Yeah. I think he's a red shirt freshman, but he played extensively last year for Notre Dame. He was their leading oh, yeah. rusher over 800 yards and four touchdowns. So if you're good enough to be the starter for Notre Dame, then you can play for LSU, which we've got quite a few running backs, but none of them have really put a stamp on the, the starting position. So uh, the the more the merrier there, and I think we have the roster spots to fit him. So hopefully he makes that decision soon and can get going over summer camp. I'm not entirely sure about the eligibility stuff, like why he's transferring kind of in the middle of the summer or the the spring. But I guess this the spring transfer period is open for some time. Well, the portal now, isn't it? Is I was I was learning listening about this yesterday actually. It, it, the new there's a new rule where it's like you can you can't enter the portal right now. Right. But if you're in, I think you can make your decision whenever you feel like it. Is that mm, right? I see. So I think that I think he entered. I mean, he entered like, what, two or three weeks ago. Um, he's been in for a while, I believe. Um, yeah. And so I, I think he could show up like, you know, if he wants to if he wants to decide in July, he could show up in July. I'm not exactly sure. And one good thing is that he's supposedly healthy and ready to go. I mean, we didn't see much. I don't think we saw anything of Josh Williams and Armani Goodwin, among others, in the spring game and spring practice because they've been hurt with nagging yep. injuries. <clears throat> so if he can take the reps and and get familiar with the LSU offense, then uh, by all means, let's do that and add another dynamic uh, part to our offense, which hopefully will be uh, – featuring plenty of points of attack for this fall. I just saw some comments from Jaden Daniels today saying he's like ready to win the Heisman this year. I'm like, all right, Jaden, like I appreciate the confidence. Maybe we need to slow down our role a little bit, but uh, it does make you excited somewhat. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this, this is interesting though. Cause I, I feel like this, this could come up again in, um, you know, just with the whole new transfer portal era, it's like Brian Kelly's already recruited this guy. Yeah. Right. So now he's like, what, what does he do at this point? I was like, dude, I brought you to Notre Dame. I, let, let's just talk. Do you want to come or no? Hold on. Let me get some crawfish over here. And let me just show you around the campus. Like what, what, what would he have to sell at that point? Other than dude, if you come here, you're going to play no big deal. Well, I mean, I, I, and I, I know I was a little bit familiar with his, with his recruiting process out of high school. And I mean, I, he, he got a, a late offer to LSU. Um, and this was before Brian Kelly was, you know, was, this is when, this is the coach O era. He had a late offer to LSU. And I think he really, you know, there was, there was a lot of um, talk that he wanted to take, it, but he'd kind of already committed to Notre Dame. And it, it was just a, a really, you know, a great opportunity for him. Um, so I think it's, I, if, if he does indeed go to come back, come back to LSU, I think it'll be in a somewhat of an easy, easy decision for him. Because it's like he kind of gets the best of both worlds. He gets to play for Ryan Kelly, which is who he committed to to begin with. He gets to play for a competitor, um, and he gets to play for the home, you know, the home team. That 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 was really when he when that late offer came in. That's kind of what drew him, you know, and made him second guess Cohen at Notre Dame. It's like, hey, this is LSU. This is you know my my uh, you know Rummel alumni Jamar Chase just got drafted. You know what number in the top five top five of the draft you know um so i I think i'm i'm pretty confident he's going to be a tiger before you know fall and i'm excited about it Mm -hmm. yeah well hopefully we can say welcome aboard um really quick some other transfer portal news 
which, you know, a lot of guys have been leaving Florida State. Um, let's say by my last count, there is over, there's like 15 or more. But the thing is, is five of them have gone to Colorado. So Dion's building himself quite a pipeline. Most of them were defensive guys. There was a cornerback, a couple defensive linemen, some linebackers. But five, five left FSU since their last game that I think played against LSU last year that are not going to be there this fall. And they've all gone to Colorado. Like I said, there's been many others, but it's just it's just interesting, right? Because Dion's just pulling guys just because. I don't know. What, I mean, he went to FSU, so I don't know. I guess I guess they well, just want to start. And on the flip side, Colorado's lost like what fifty three people or so. Um, you know they're they're scrounging just to find people. So you know, he told them ahead of time. Um, if you're, you know, there's not going to be room for everybody in this room. <laughs> when he, when, you know, that famous statement when he came in, it was like, there are a lot of people in this room right now who will not be here. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess he's, the thing is, is that FSU is going to be a good team this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing, we've got them again, first, first, uh, week of the season. And, you know, last year going into to week one, I, I we all kind of thought, well, this this should be a nice warm up. Uh, you know, better talent than we'll just than like a Sun Belt team, but um, we should you know we should be okay. Obviously, we, we weren't. And Jordan Travis came out and you know looked like a Heisman contender. This year, they actually think he could be. And and right. you know, FSU is very excited. I think you know they're they're probably going to compete for the ACC. Um, so maybe. It, you know, I don't know necessarily what that says about the the transfers coming out of FSU to to Colorado, but uh, right, you know, maybe it's so competitive in there. Maybe they're you know they're so gearing to go that some some talented guys are like I can't even play here, or maybe the the estimation of them being that good this year is not not on yeah, point. I, but um, I get the allure. It's like if you're maybe a second stringer at a power five school, like why not roll the dice on a team with a lot of hype, like Deion Sanders in Colorado, where you're probably going to get closer to a starting spot and they've got some NIL money flowing. They've got media attention. Uh, and you might get your chance to to step up. You got to think if you're an FSU, if you're a guy who who went to FSU, commit, committed to FSU, there's probably like some, some prestige and history of, of being at Dion school. So it's like a little bit of an easier, you know, like you're going for, you're not going from FSU to Colorado because of Colorado, you're going because of Dion and you probably have a little bit more of an attachment to that, or your the needles moved a little bit more. Um, if F to an FSU guy, does that make sense? Like he's, you know, he's, he's real. He's, uh, he's been there. He knows what he's talking about. And, you know, it's probably going to be fun. If you're winning, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Like you said, guy, guys from Colorado probably didn't stick around because he said he's bringing his own luggage and it's Louis. And it's Louie. <laughs> Louis Vuitton for those at home, but I, I'm pretty sure the moms listening do know what that means, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty much all I had. I did want to mention um, LSU track, uh, the tracking Track and fields uh, definitely still going on. They actually just finished at the uh, the SEC meet, and men actually finished with the runner up. But the uh, the news was is the the four by one hundred meter relay. They set a new college record 
It was the second ever sub 38 second relay in college history with a time of 37.90 seconds. Um, it's actually only second in the world behind like Canada's national team. Um, so congrats to them. Um, so hopefully some more to see from them. Uh, this was the outdoor championships. I forgot to mention that, but uh, congrats to them. And boys fast. Yeah, it uh, is fast. Uh, hopefully- I was going to mention, I was going to mention about the Florida state game. I'm, I'm excited about that. And I, I realized I'm going to be, I believe in Salzburg, Austria <laughs> when LSU plays Florida state. So I didn't realize you're going to Europe again. Yeah. I'm um, taking a, taking a vacation with my, my girlfriend in September. It's like a 10 day trip. Uh, but yeah, it, it unfortunately overlaps with that. And I believe I might miss the, the following game as well uh, uh, against scrambling. So that's not the end of the world, but yeah. I've got, I've got to find some stream in the middle of the night in Austria to yeah. watch this. I might be the only LSU fan in the entire country. Right. You're going to be watching it like midnight probably, but uh, the bars should be open, right? That's very true. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that should be fun, Daniel. We'll, uh, he's going to be podcasting from some cafe in Vienna, probably. Yeah. Uh, was that, is that all we had guys? Is that it? We got everything. I believe so. Uh, go tigers this week in baseball. Let's get back on track and then uh, get ready for the postseason. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. Well, yeah, we got it. I think LSU has, they got a, what McNeese, uh, mid midweek mid game. And then we have the Bulldogs in Athens. Uh, was hoping I'd be able to go, but I don't think I'm going to make a, be able to make that work. Unfortunately, but it'd be cool to see, see my tigers in Georgia, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll see if I can meet up with Tommy and Hoover. See if that works out. Anyhow, hope the, uh, hopefully the tigers can uh, turn it around and uh, finish strong get that top eight seed do well in the sec tournament we shall see uh we'll have it for you next week here on talking ticks we'll recover that any recruiting news anything else that comes down the pike uh so check back in with us hope everyone has a good week stay safe stay tuned and we will talk to you next time on talking ticks